Welcome to the No Fluff Network Marketing Leadership Training Podcast for serious-minded, deep-thinking, career-oriented network marketing pros who are sick of the fluff and appreciate the truth. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Now here's your host who has produced over 200 hours of real-world training for the industry, 30-plus years network marketing pro, Dale Calvert. Hey, this is Dale Calvert. I'd like to welcome you to this session of the No Fluff Network Marketing Leadership Development Podcast. I appreciate your time. appreciate you being here. This week, we're going to talk about a concept called the Pareto Principle. Uh, many of you probably know it as the 80-20 rule that 20% of the people produce 80% of the results in any organization. We'll get into more detail about that in just a second. I probably over the last six months have had 30 hours of phone conversation regarding this uh, for various reasons. Uh, a lot of the people that we work with one-on-one and have been exposed to this concept, this idea for the very first time and selfishly, uh, I felt like it would be good for me to get these thoughts on audio through podcast and save myself and a lot of the people that we're working with a lot of time let them listen uh, and then we can talk about it so I can I don't have to rehash my personal thoughts on this uh, in, in a whole lot of detail over the phone people can simply listen and then we can have a, a conversation that can definitely move forward uh, so I felt like that there would be many people that listen to this podcast around the world that could benefit from this information as well. So kind of bear with me. Um, I've had multiple conversations over the phone. I have not put together my normal podcast flow. I actually had a, uh, a corporate consulting client that had to reschedule this hour I had this time this is something I'm behind on my podcast because of March Madness and the basketball tournament so here we go the Pareto principle uh, it's also known as I mentioned earlier the 80-20 the law of vital flow or vital few are the principal factor of sparsity and this is coming from Wikipedia you can get into this and, and study this concept is a very valid, valid concept. It states that for many events, roughly 80% of the effects or the, the positive effects come from 20% of the cause of the management. Uh, the man in the management commitment, Joseph Jarson suggests that the principal and named it after the economist, Pareto, and noted, called it the 80-20 rule. Uh, the 80-20 rule is something that you've probably heard of uh, if you're involved in any type of sales training. For me personally, uh, I never recall hearing the 80-20 rule until after five years in the Shackley Corporation. I left Shackley saying I'll never try to do that again. I'm done. I'm never going to be in a situation where my success depends upon other people. You know, the classic thought process a lot of people go through after their first network marketing experience. And then I got into more traditional direct sales, selling a health insurance product to self-employed people. And uh, some of you know the story, but it was rookie of the year the first year. And then they moved me into management and we're developing a team of health reps to go out into the state of Kentucky and sell this health insurance product. And Kentucky was consistently uh, in the top or the bottom five states based upon a lot of things, population, not that many people compared to other states. New York, California were always the top two. Um, Kentucky was always at the bottom five. And their philosophy was they were heavy into the 
as, as regards to uh, building your sales organization of reps. And their whole philosophy was every week, Dale, you recruit as many new reps as you can. You put them in the field. They're going to fail within their first 90 days. But they'll sell a few policies to people that they know that are in business. And that was the whole 80-20. You know, every now and then you'll find somebody that will take off and go. But 80% are going to fail. And it's like, why do we have people coming in, going to school, getting their insurance license, to put them in the field knowing that they're going to fail. So my philosophy, I just changed. It's like, I'm not, I can't do it this way. And, you know, a lot of these agencies had 100, 150 reps uh, that they were just running through constantly all the time, recruiting every single week. And it's like, I'm, I'm not going to do business this way. And I said, I would rather have 10 people that are making a great full-time income then have to deal with this cattle call and I'm just not going to do it. And, uh, so my whole focus was help, help those reps become successful and don't hire them. Don't even hire them. If you don't feel like they have the upside potential and, and they're not going to be teachable, don't even hire them. Don't even add them to the team. And their whole approach was take everybody that has enough money to go through the school and get their insurance license so it was just a total difference in philosophy uh, but that's the first time I ever heard of the concept the 80-20 rule was in traditional direct sales training that I went through and it really helped me because I could look at people and try to get an, an instinct on that person and I would just ask is this an 80%er is they have the potential to be a 20% do they have the potential to be a 20%er somebody that can really produce and I realized quickly that I always believe that most people could produce and I, because I know where I started basically my journey and I know the process that I had to go through and and so I just felt like everybody could and right or wrong, good or bad, that's just kind of where I first heard about the concept of 80-20. And it helped. It, it, it really helped. Uh, as I look back on it now and I think through this, and, I, and I, again, I've had several conversations on this whole topic over the last six months or so, a lot of phone time with people on this concept, this idea. And people will usually say, well, Dale, is it 80-20 or is it 3%, 27%, 70%, which is what we teach in the network marketing business model. And I believe every business model is different. And I also believe that for me as an individual, I have the, the ability to distinguish between businesses. I don't think there's a blanket answer. It's like uh, building your brand, I think, is very, very important if you are selling physical products to consumers, whether you're in the skincare or T-shirts or you have a product that you are selling to the consumer, then the ability to brand that product brand your business, provide exceptional customer support and service. All that is really, really important. But what has happened over the years, and we've all seen it, is network marketers try to take traditional uh, best practices in business and apply those practices to network marketing. And most of the time, that does not work because ultimately ultimately your real product in network marketing is people your long-term income is in direct proportion to the number of leaders that you develop on your team certainly customer acquisition and taking care of those customers and providing great service and introduce them to different products as they're introduced is all part of the equation 
but but you have to separate what you're doing. And and again, I I feel like so many times people just take business and they try to put it all in one box. And businesses must be separated based upon what is the real goal in those businesses and how how are those goals created. And in network marketing, you know we especially in the last 15, 20 years, we've, we've mixed in the customers and the, and the builders and the IBOs and the independent distributors and independent, it's all mixed together. And, you know, there's, there's many companies out there that don't even distinguish the difference between a wholesale buyer, uh, a business builder, or just a customer. Everybody's paying the same price. Everything's the same. It's all grouped in together, and I, I have never and will never understand that. Uh, there's an article that's worth reading. It's called Whatever Happened to Retail and Network Marketing. It's probably one of the articles at topmlmtrainingarticles.com. Whatever Happened to Retail and Network Marketing. It's by Dr. Kevin Campbell. Uh, it's out there. It's worth the read. Because that's what's really happened is we've we've confused everything. We've mixed everything together. And in network marketing, we have to understand that this business model, what works in other businesses may or may not work, may not be best practices in network marketing. So I I started reading about this 80-20 rule. And got a couple books and had a couple audio programs on it. And, you know, it was, uh, again, the philosopher Pareto, I think he was a philosopher, uh, came up with it. And here's what I believe. I believe the Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule, is very strong, very valid when, when people are left to their own instincts and devices, their own daily method of operation that they have done their entire life. This is really important. As network marketing leaders, We must develop the culture, the culture that helps people maximize their personal upside potential. And the only way to do that is when what you're teaching is based upon wisdom of the ages, success principles, and helping people understand that they can reprogram their minds for success. And many of you have heard me talk about neuroplasticity. You've heard, you, you know, programming your mind has been in the market for many, many years. Uh, many of you have gone through that course. You understand the power of it. You, you've, you've had the experience. You've had the breakouts. You've, you've, you've seen and felt yourself reprogram your brain cell patterns uh, for success. As Napoleon Hill said, what the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. And new brain cell patterns are developed through belief. The ability to develop that belief. And if as you believe, so shall it be done unto you. I mean, there's just general principles, guys. And so the 80-20 rule is alive and well. And if I wanted to have a cattle call and just get through people, and I could have done that, and the 20% would have had, would have emerged. Uh, but we were able to take Kentucky from the bottom five to the top three in the country by understanding that there's a lot of people out there. They just need the right, correct guidance, leadership, direction, support, and then they can develop new brain cell patterns. They can start believing in themselves, and they can change. Your past does not equal your future, and nobody on your team that ever joins, their past doesn't equal their future unless they wanted to. That's that's reality. 
yes, it's hard to change. It's hard to create new patterns. But 15 minutes a day doing the right thing consistently over time creates new brain cell patterns and creates new, new activities, which will ultimately create new results. Action creates results over a period of time. Perfect practice doesn't make perfect. Only perfect practice makes perfect. So if not for the Pareto principle, uh, why the masses of network markers are frustrated, confused, and don't have a clue what they're doing, that booklet would have never been written. Uh, you would have never heard Dale, Tal Dale Calvert talk about 3%, 27%, 70%. You wouldn't have other people in the industry now talking about 27 percenters. It's, it's kind of, there's other people using that term. You know, there's the 27 percenter movement, and you're hearing that. But I know where it came from. I know how it started. And, again, if, if it wasn't for the 80-20 rule, then the, the whole concept of 70 percent, 27 percent, 3 percent would have probably never developed as it relates to building network marketing teams. As a general rule, I believe you can look at any organization and the 80-20 is as solid as it comes. It's solid. Uh, you know, but, but then you have to stop and you have to think, okay, what is the culture that's developed within that organization? What, what has the culture been? If people are left to their own devices, and we'll just talk about a church, in a church, then probably 20% do support 80% of the activities within that church and provide the financial backing for that church and so on and so forth. That can probably be said about most all organizations. However, if the culture is uh, one where the, the whole biblical concept of tithing is taught, that will probably change. And see, a lot of pastors, preachers, quote-unquote leaders, don't want to talk about that because they're afraid it might offend people. And again, it's because they're not coming from a value-focused standpoint because if, if you really study it, the 10% the that you don't give to the local body, as you should, will ultimately curse the other 90%. And, I, you know, I'm not going to do a Bible study here, but pastors who understand that and who have read that and get it have no problem communicating that to people because it's in, it's in those people's best interests. They can come from a very value-focused standpoint because it says what it says and uh, again real leaders real leadership does not worry about who they may be offending you cannot you can't live your life there and be a leader uh, your your friends don't need an explanation your enemies aren't going to believe you anyway so you have to come from from value focus giving value to to you know, your long-term income is a direct proportion to the value you provide to the market that you serve. Your long-term income is in direct proportion to the value you provide to the market that you serve. And unfortunately, sometimes people get in survival modes, and they you know they get away because we're all either survival-focused, income-focused, money-focused. Are we value focused as human beings? That's the place in which we live. So, being value focused and sharing things that are difficult to share, but ultimately provide the most value to the people that are listening, is the only way. The only way to to move forward and to be able to have a clear conscience. It's, it's knowing, you look back in the mirror and you say, look, I know where I'm coming from. I know what I'm trying to do. I'm knowing what I'm saying. Uh, you know, it's it, these whole podcasts have been really easy for me because I don't have to sell you anything in order to pay my electric bill. So it makes it real easy to just say what I need to say, 
communicate what I need to communicate and let it fall where it falls and hopefully it's going to make an impact for a lot of people and a lot of times people say yeah Dale but you're just you just you 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 just you're so you're so opinionated you're so you're 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 like you know you you piss people off you're you just and it's like look if the shoe fits wear it I'm, I'm the most unopinionated, opinionated person in the world because everything that I communicate does not come from me. It's not. It's. I don't get offended if somebody doesn't agree with Napoleon Hill. What the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. I, I don't get offended when people uh, want to doubt the science behind creating new brain cell patterns and how scientifically that's already been shown that that's what we do as human beings that's how our brains work repetitions the key to learning i don't get offended by any of that i just don't and 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 it's real easy for me to say what i feel because again i i'm not having original thoughts for the most part and if they are original they're based upon long-term experience and a lot of study reading books audios and and realizing what the commonalities are from some of the greatest thought leaders in the past, you know, couple centuries. So that's where I live. And if you want to argue with Napoleon Hill, argue with Napoleon Hill. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, it, 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 it sincerely doesn't. The only time it matters to me is when people are are communicating information that gets to people totally totally 100% off track so um 80 20 rule and again we're going to talk about network marketing uh i, I believe and 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 this is kind of what were all this kind of how it evolved for me. I mean, the 80-20 rule, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world, and it helped me. And if it hadn't been for me hearing that early uh, in my sales career, my direct sales career, uh, I can promise you the whole concept of 70, 27, 3% would have never, ever evolved. It would have never evolved if it hadn't been for uh, the 80-20 rule. And... Again, I believe the 80-20 rule is really, it's, it's extremely valid and useful when, but the thing that, that affects it is the culture of the group, the culture of the community. As we talked about with, does a pastor, is he willing to preach on tithing? Or not, and and you know it's just fascinating to me when I sit back. I've been doing this so long, and 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 you see people, you know, they talk about the eighty twenty rule, and and then they want to talk about how, uh, you know, things like, you know, there's other things that play into this. The culture, it's the whole concept of dominant phase. You know, we're either our dominant personality is either child, parent, or adult dominant phase so are all 20 percenters adults heck no but sometimes and then we start looking at the colors are they yellow are they blue are they green um, you know phlegmatic sanguine uh, the psychological terms and then we think okay well all red personalities are 20 percenters that's not true so there's other things that play into this whole emotional intelligence whatever you want to call it that really play into this. But I think the thing that's the most important is organizational culture. Organizational culture. And what makes it so difficult today in today's network marketing world is we're building teams. It's hard to create closed cultures. It's well, with the internet, it's it's almost well, it is impossible to create closed cultures. And so what happens is People will hear things, and there's a whole group of people out there that love to just tell people what they want to hear so they can sell them what they want to sell them. 
And it's like, so because you don't have a closed culture where you cannot keep people in a rhythm with their business and focusing on that, that which will move their business forward and, and human nature is to look for the foo-foo dust all the time. Then they start hearing all this information and it creates confusion for the masses. As I've said many times, always ask yourself, who is this person? Why should I be listening to them? As a general rule for me, and I've made this mistake in the past, but as a general rule, uh, when you have someone speaking for your team, as a general rule, it's not a good idea to put someone in front of a crowd trying to that's trying to learn how to build a network marketing organization who's never done it. Let me say that again. As a general rule, it's probably a good idea to not put somebody in front of a network marketing organization who's never done it. Now, I have very distinct lines in the sand. Many of you have heard me say thousands of times, and I believe it. Learn from as many personal development, personal development teachers, speakers, trainers, coaches, consultants as you possibly can. I believe in network marketing. You need to have one mentor, whoever that may be, in your upline. Someone who's actually done what you want to do. And, you know, I was talking to somebody last week, and they said, well, Dale, this person, you know, they've made... They made $177,000 last year, and I, that turned my mentor, and I said, awesome. That's awesome. I'm glad you found a mentor. One question before I let you go. How are the people on their team doing? Because here's the deal in network marketing. It's not six-figure earners are a dime a dozen. A dime a dozen. Your long-term income is in direct proportion to the number of leaders that you develop on your team. It's not, it's, you must teach Mary how to teach Joe to teach Tom. Lost Secret of Network Marketing Success. You can find that webinar, the Lost Secrets of Network Marketing Success at momsuccesswebinar.com. The Lost Secret, or you can do a search on momhelp.com. That's how you win this game, guys. And when when you have when you're listening to people that are trying to teach people how to build a network marketing organization that have never done it, you're always going to have consequences, always. And even if they have done it, how did they do it? Did they throw enough mud on the wall and enough three percenters stuck, or did they develop the twenty-seven percenters? Because 70% of the population is going to die broke, according to insurance companies. And see, that's what kind of got me down this path, because you can read it. I mean, you know, funeral home directors will tell you 70% of people die with a negative net worth. A lot of insurance companies selling life insurance. You know, you want to leave that burden on your family. That's why people have life insurance. And, you know, it's pretty standard that about 70% of the population die with a negative net worth. So I heard this a lot, again, not during my first network marketing company, the five years I spent with the Shackley Corporation, but when I got involved in the health insurance market and marketing that product, I heard this a lot. And then on the same token, you know, we're talking about a 20 rule all the time, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, that doesn't add up. If, if 70% of the people die broke, what happens to the others? Not 20%. It's not 80-20. It's not 20% achieve something in their life. It's, you know, if 70% die broke, that leaves 30%. Okay, how is that 30% broken down? And when I started looking at organizations, I started looking at sales organizations. I started looking at my past experience in network marketing. It's like about 3% of the people just say, get out of my way, and they go do it. Now, they have other consequences down the road because they turn around they can't find their organization but three percent of the population and to me 27 percent of the people 27 percent if they're given the right systems and programs and culture they can achieve great things 
they can they can they can do awesome in in network marketing or any other environment if they're given if they're put in the right culture a culture that that speaks wisdom of the ages principles and systemizes every aspect of the business systemizes of course you use your own personality and etc but it's systemized it's this is how we launch this is our customer acquisition program. This is our two-step recruiting process. This is our retention system. Uh, and now it's here's multiple ways to generate leads, to find the people that can come down this road, come down this path with us, using their own drive, determination, credibility, work ethic, and everything else. But we're not talking about three percenters. We're talking about 27 percenters, 27 percenters if 70% of the population is going to die broke. So, you know, over the years, again, you see people get into all these other different, you know, what I got to be able to understand. Are they, it, it, they're, all the emotional intelligence, all the understanding of other people multiplies as you, as you understand yourself. You know, put the oxygen mask on yourself first. Um, and, and again, I could go way down that road. I'm not going to, I just want to say, so, so what's happened, you know, we wrote that book, I don't know, mid nineties or so the booklet, why the masses and, and a lot of people just thought I was talking gibberish and some people's like, dang Dale, I wish I had this when I first started, it would have helped me so much because here's the number one mistake people make in this profession. They spend too much time with the wrong people, not enough time with the right people. And you'll never have enough time to spend with those that you want to spend it with as your organization grows. I, it just doesn't happen. Your time is the most valuable asset you have. As Jim Rohn said, time management is the best kept secret of the rich. So the only reason to enroll a person on your team is to eliminate them as soon as possible. And see, I say that and people say, they'll fall off auto ship. I don't want them to fall off auto ship. That's not how you win this game. That's not how you win this game. You win it by developing leaders. You're in the leadership development business. As Brian Tracy said, real leaders don't develop followers. They develop other leaders. And again, the profession, multiple professions, and, and there's many reasons why people end up with this 80-20 philosophy, and I'm going to throw enough mud on the wall, and the 20% will stick, will stick, and the rest I'm not worried about, and I'm just going to throw mud, and they're mudslinging fools. And there's different reasons we all end up where we are with our different philosophies and ideas. And and I can see the both sides of everything. And I'm always curious, how did that person end up at, with that particular philosophy? So this whole 80-20 rule, uh, I believe in it. Uh, I especially believe in it when there's not a the correct culture is not in place to develop whatever you're trying to develop whether that be customers or whether that be team members that stay on auto ship or whether it be leaders uh, so um for me if if you have people on your what what's happened i mean i've talked more about this on the phone in the last six months or so than I ever care to again, really, honestly. That's one of the reasons that I'm making this recording, so I can just send people to the recording, and then we can talk on the phone about it. And uh, and just 100% up front here, uh, the reason that I guess I've had so many conversations is a lot of people that we work with have recently, uh, in the last year, I spoke at two different events where a gentleman also spoke there. His name is George Campbell. And I've never personally talked to him one-on-one. Just the opportunity's never presented itself. But just, and, and see, I know what I'm getting ready to say. Some people will, will take the wrong way. And, but I have to say what I need to say. And I know that 
the people that really understand what we believe and what we've taught for since 1983 get it and understand so we let the chips fall where they may uh george uh, was a comedian my understanding third party listened to him on stage comedian most of his life and he was probably a great one hilarious just hilarious and uh decided he was going to get into motivational speaking and again i wish i had the full story i'm just giving you the cliff notes version based upon what i've heard and um has spoke at different network marketing events over the years and is doing more and more which is awesome um he has a book called the consistency chain uh, should be part of your library because you're going to have people that are struggling to get in a rhythm and a flow with their business and as you've heard me say thousands of times consistent effort doesn't always bring consistent results but it always creates success and that that book is phenomenal first time i heard him talk about it i thought gosh that's so good it's so good because um, it's so true i mean I, I had to work through that uh, everybody has to get into a flow with their business because most people start part-time in the network marketing profession and it's what can you do on a daily basis that will move your business forward over time what is the consistent activity that will move your business forward and a lot of people play around in social media and they talk on the phone to their negative uh, sidelines about everything the company's doing wrong and they should be doing this and why aren't they doing that and they waste all this time in activities they think they're building their business but they suffer from self-delusion knowledge without action leads to self-delusion and they're not really doing what the things that are necessary to move their life and their business and their family and anything else that's important to them forward self-delusion so it's a great book it should be part of your library but um, the first time I heard uh, George uh, he made a statement that, you know, I put I put pictures up of what of the trips I wanted to go on in the place on my refrigerator didn't work for me. Something to that effect. If I could have went to the stage, strangled him, and pulled him off by his feet, I would have. So we had about I don't know a hundred or so people that we were working with at this particular event. And we met with them in our suite afterwards, and we wanted everybody to talk about, you know, what the event meant to them. And the first thing I had to say, I had to say it, was just because the comedian tells you to not have pictures up of what you're, what you're working towards, your dreams, what the mind can conceive and believe it can, believe it can achieve, does not make it correct and see I my pet peeve is trying to are needing to defend Napoleon Hill and so at that time I'm thinking I don't know if this guy is just telling people what he, they want to hear so he can sell them his book or if he's really a value focused human being I come to the conclusion I believe he's a very value focused human being and please hear that for those of you that please hear that but we always ask who is who's this person why should I be looking listening to them and we always you have to take what is being said and monitor it monitor it compare it to wisdom of the ages principles that were here long before any of us and will be here long after we're gone and it's the easiest person in the world is to sell is somebody that where you just tell them what they want to hear and tell them it's not their fault. And, you know, we've seen people over the years come and go through this profession. I remember a guy that everybody, he was speaking everywhere, and his whole pitch was, goes don't work. Goes don't work. And it was like, you got to be kidding me. And I saw him on, a, on a, from stage said, we're going to double everybody's income in the next 90 days. And, you know, the crowd goes wild. You know, and it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's just, it, it, it's impossible. It's impossible. 
So again, and I don't don't put him in that category at all, but I just say all that to say I had to distinguish who am I listening to here? What's the deal? I thought this guy was a comedian. And he is, he's hilarious, he's great. And here's here's the conclusion. And this whole consistency chain is powerful. It's powerful. And and it should be part of your library and you should be you should have because there's gonna be people on your team that are gonna need that need that. Need that. Uh, for some of you that are familiar with our weekly progress reports, it's basically the same concept, only the weekly progress report is much more advanced. But it's, a, it's the same concept. Oh, so, so it's powerful. And if you are wanting to get into an exercise mode and exercise, you know, three days a week or every week or every day or whatever, you got to get the book. So again, I I, I I want you guys to understand where I'm coming from. I'm not throwing anybody on the bus. I respect the concept, the idea. My only red flag was it did, you know, I believe that you have your top three goals written down and you look at them every day. And if you can put a picture around that, you can call it goal board, dream board, whatever you want to call it vision board it doesn't matter uh, i've done it my whole life we'll continue to do it we'll continue to teach it because i know it's valid it's valid scientifically regarding neuroplasticity and creating new brain cell patterns so it's valid scientifically and and if a comedian doesn't agree with it then i it doesn't matter to me i just don't want to have to try to uh, communicate to people that I don't want to have to take an awesome event and the first thing that I have to say is what I had to say. But I do it, and I will continue to do it, and I've always done it. So it is what it is. It is what it is. However, however, if you've never, if and here's my big pitch, if you've never read the booklet, Why the Masses Are Frustrated, Confused, and Don't Have a Clue What They're Doing, it's worth the read, mlmmasses.com, I believe. But here's what I believe. As a leader, it's your responsibility to develop a culture which enables people to learn, grow, become all they can become, maximize whatever their upside potential is based upon wisdom of the ages, principles, ideas, concepts, philosophies. Wisdom of the ages. And see, a lot of people are, are, they're, around it they're exposed to wisdom of the ages but they never commit to it and if you don't success is impossible in any area of life over a long period of time without commitment and dedication it's just impossible the only place success comes before work is in the dictionary you have to work you have to be committed you have to be focused and you have to do the things daily that will move your business forward, whatever business you're involved with. I've been involved in multiple businesses that I was never committed to. I never successfully focused on. I never did the consistent routines that I knew would ultimately move that business forward. And you know whose fault it is? Mine. It's mine. And it's usually because I have too many projects going on all at the same time. That's, that's the problem that entrepreneurs get into. So I just wanted to take some time on this podcast because, again, I know I'm going to continue to have these conversations because I'm sure I'm going to be speaking with this gentleman many, many, many more times over the next many years. That's my hope. I I, I look forward to the opportunity of sitting down and really talking with him. But I understand where he's at. Uh, And I, I believe in everything that is taught in that book especially if you're trying to get into a weekly workout routine did you hear what i just said so um as a general principle as i've already said uh you got to be real careful listening to somebody teaching you how to build your team who's never done it as a general principle can you learn from those people? Absolutely. Is the consistency chain valid book? Absolutely. Get it. Read it. Make it part of your library. You're going to have people on your team that are going to need that book. 
Do you need to read the masses booklet? Without question, I know most of you already have. And that's that's why I get so many. Uh, that's why I've had so much conversation around this topic over the last six months and people trying to say, well, Dale, what is, you know, the, the Pareto principle and 80-20 rule and how does that, you know, equate to what you talk about, 3%, 27%, 70%. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of clarify that. That's all. The Pareto principle is more valid. It's a, it's a valid principle concept, as you will find. It's, it's, it's as valid as the law of averages. It's as valid as the law of gravity. You can see it in churches and franchises and all kinds of businesses, especially when people are not in a culture, a closed culture is even better. But you see people, people that perform at the highest level organizations that perform at the highest level don't do so because uh, they depend and the underlying foundation is the Pareto principle. The 80-20 rule. They look at their business, their business model, their people, and say, how can we make it better than 80-20. How can we take those 27 percenters and help them maximize their upside potential? And going back to the insurance business, you know, one of the things that we did, we met with our group every week. Uh, Each one of our agents at our office, first thing they did was complete a company our progress report. So they had their numbers. How many appointments did they set? How many did they complete? Uh, how many sales were made? How many referrals? Everything that reflected the, the, the things that moved that business, their income forward in that business. That's what, what we did. We did a company report. I sent them home every single week with an audio cassette. I gave it to every one of our reps. It might have been all You Can Do Is All You Can Do by Art Williams. It may have been Biscuits, Fleets, and Pump Handers by Zig Ziglar. Uh, I had a lot of audios that I had, and I had an audio cassette duplicator, and every week, uh, you know, I had 10 reps, seven which were earning six figures, the other three on their way, that they got a tape every week from me. Some of you that are involved in our MLMTrainingClub.com, you know you get a new CD from us every single month. And then you have other information in the members area that reinforces the concept taught on that CD. It's the way we learn. We learn sequentially. So, again, I, I, I just needed to express where I'm coming from because I've, talked, I've had so many conversations, again, that it's just it's, it's become a time issue for me. And uh, I understand the questions. I don't blame people for having the questions. Uh, I, I embrace the questions. I, I rely on the questions because there's things that we do that we teach through our systems that need to be clarified. And it bothers me sometimes. It always bothers me when that clarification uh, the confusion has been created by someone who is not value focused. When when it's coming from someone who is value focused, uh, I don't mind. I don't mind clarifying ever. Uh, but as Jim Rohn also said, never mistake sincerity with truth, because some people are sincerely wrong. Never mistake sincerity with truth because some people are sincerely wrong. And I'm not saying anybody's wrong or right. I'm certainly not going to argue with the Pareto principle ever. I get it, understand it. But again, 
it's and if it weren't for the Pareto principle, nobody would have ever read uh, why the masses of network marketers are frustrated, confused, and don't have a clue what they're doing. Uh, so I think that's all I needed to cover with you guys this week. I hope this really helps. Uh, if it doesn't help you now, there'll be a time and place in your career when it will. It absolutely will. Some of you right now have people that need to hear this. If you haven't checked out the Consistency Chain book, it's worth adding to your library. It's excellent, excellent book. You need to you need to make it part of your library because you're going to have people on your team that are really going to need to hear it at some point. Consistent effort doesn't always produce consistent results, but it always produces success. Listen, if you have an upline that is using our weekly progress reports and they're using that with your team and you're, you know, you're part of a team that's using that process, uh, thank them for sharing that with you because it will move you forward. There's nothing that you can do from a, you know, checking something off the calendar is a great place to start, but there's nothing that can do for your business what that weekly progress report will do. Nothing, nothing. And if you know what I'm talking about, then that means you have an upline leader in your company that works with me one-on-one, -on -one and we put that together specifically for your company, your product, or service, and take advantage of that. You do that consistently for 90 days, it will be a major awakening, eye-opening. And as we've talked many times, some of you have heard me talk on generic calls about this. I believe you print that report, you put it in a binder so you can go back at any time. You can review the last 90 days. You can review the last six months. You can review the last year. In my office in Kentucky, I've got years of progress reports in binders going all the way back to 1983, 84. Success leaves clues, ladies and gentlemen. Success leaves clues. Always look behind the curtain. Always ask yourself, who is this person? Why should I be listening to them? Always. Have they done what I want to do? Have they created teams? Understand you're in the leadership development business. Your long-term income is in direct proportion to the number of leaders that you develop on your team. You can just recruit, recruit, recruit until you find other three percenters, or you can develop those 27 percenters. Real wealth is created when you develop the 27 percenters on your team. You guys have an awesome week. This is Del Calvert. We'll talk to you next week on another session of the No Fluff Network Marketing Leadership Development Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the No Fluff MLM Leadership Training Podcast. To download the show notes for this episode, you can find them under the podcast section at www.mlmhelp.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, the teaching is in the words, but the learning is in the silence.